Well, you're in for a treat this morning. Pastor Jeremy Stanback, one of my favorite people in this entire world, is going to come and bring the word. So I want you to get on your feet and clap for this awesome man. Get up here. Many of you probably haven't had the privilege to be under his teaching, but I have many, many times. And he, he and Carrie were absolutely instrumental when we came here about 10 and a half years ago in helping us just root into this house. And I want you to know, on behalf of the youth ministry, who you've served in for years, loving on families, uh, their, their fingerprints are all over our church family. And uh, by them sharing with their hearts what they just clap, it speaks to how many people you've touched. And we want you to know that we love you and that we're honored, and uh, I'm excited for the way God's going to move through you this morning. Amen? Here we go. Give it up for Jeremy one more time. Well, good morning, and Merry Christmas. What a great uh, Christmas. Memorable, huh? I uh, laid in bed last night, and I was uh, open the the windows, and I was watching the snow, and uh, I thought of two Christmas songs. Maybe you can think of some, but... uh, some Christmas songs come to mind, don't they? Right? Uh, let it snow, let it snow, let it snow, and it looks like it's going to keep coming. So someone was singing that uh, over the last few days, and God heard your, uh, your song, your voice. Uh, I'm dreaming of a white Christmas. You got it. You got snow before midnight. So uh, I don't know who's praying, but uh, we'll enjoy it. And, uh, but, uh, we're, we're, we're thankful that you're here this morning braving the snow and the elements. And it's always a good day in God's house. Amen. I'm so thankful you're here and I'm, I'm so thankful to be here with you. If you're joining us online, we just don't want to say welcome. Uh, God's got, uh, just a special word, I, I believe for you. And, uh, I just want to encourage you to engage your hearts for the next 30 minutes. And, uh, I'm thankful that Pastor Tom gave me opportunity to share God's word. If there's something that I love, and, and Aaron said, uh, it's uh, I've just loved being a part of this church body, and I've just loved what God is doing. And um, we're so thankful for Pastor Tom. I'm thankful that uh, Pastor Tom got out of here just in the nick of time yesterday on a plane, and that he gets to spend some time with his family, and uh, we just pray blessing over him. But uh, I'm so thankful for the word of God. And uh, that's where I want to take you today. Pastor Tom, over uh, the last couple months, um, gave me opportunity. And as I began to study and, uh, you know, of course, you begin to think, what do you you preach on at Christmas that hasn't already been said, right? Um, And... um, you know, I just began to say, Lord, I, I just want to preach what you want to have and what, stir something inside of me. And um, God just continued to lead me back to Isaiah chapter 9. And we, uh, we, we read it during Christmas. But as I began to study it, I just began to realize, wow, God has some real powerful things about how he wants to lead us in, in our lives and in this coming year. And um, I want to take you to Isaiah chapter 9. Uh, verses six and seven. We're really going to just study verses six and seven. There's some powerful truths here that God wants us to catch. And it's not just at Christmas time, but what did Jesus enter the world to do in our lives? And here's what I want you to ask yourselves. How does God want to lead me in my life? 
How does God want to lead us? Isaiah addresses that, and I believe Isaiah, he was perhaps one of the greatest, uh, most significant prophets. Uh, Pastor Aaron quoted Isaiah 53. We know that Isaiah gave us so much rich uh, depth. Uh, but Isaiah uh, was, was born to proclaim a message. Isaiah, his name means the Lord saves. So he was almost marked from birth to give us this message from uh, birth. And he spent his life proclaiming that the Lord saves. He went to his nation saying, the Lord saves. And he gave us this message throughout history. Um, it's likely, we, we don't know, it's not uh, recorded in scripture, but we know from church history that Isaiah likely was martyred for his faith. Um, many uh, years he preached this message and he served under uh, wicked kings who uh, tried to rid uh, the world of this message. And so I want you to think of Isaiah's words. He was born to give us this message. It lives on through history and he gave his life for it. And God wants to speak to us today in a way that we would understand what his meaning, what his coming means in our life. Um, let's go ahead and read. If you have Isaiah 9, verses 6 and 7. And I want to read this. We're going to open our uh, study today, and then we're going to conclude our study by reading it again. And Isaiah says this, For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, for he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, and of the greatness of his government and peace there will be no end. I want to be honest with you, there are times I have read this and I've gone right through it and I say, that's a great Christmas message. These are excellent things, excellent names. Uh, but I think we've got to stop and ponder, and I want to take a few minutes and ponder with you what this means to our life. This is an interesting phrase when it says, the government will be on his shoulders. That's an interesting phrase. Perhaps when I say the word government, uh, you don't have positive, uh, you know, uh, attributes, right? We see governments around the world that we would say, Maybe not, uh, maybe not the best model. But here's what I want you to see. I want you to see that when we talk about this word, this word really means leadership. To govern is to lead. Okay, so when we say government, don't get lost in that word, but see this, that it says the government will be on his shoulders. And here's what I want you to know, that the Lord is saying that the leadership of what he wants to do over our lives will be on his shoulders. Wow, that brings meaning into this text. The government will be on his shoulders. It's an interesting term. You got to understand Isaiah. Isaiah was a prophet. He was speaking of things that would happen in the future. And um, to understand the, the, the rich meaning of this, you have to understand that, that a term, the government will be on his shoulders, means that he will lead his people. Here's what... Um, uh, one, one translation or, or one uh, commentary says, and I love how it talks about uh, a purpose that is still to come and a purpose in our lives. But it says, Isaiah knows that in the future, a time will come that Christ will reign over a literal earth, earthly kingdom that encompasses 
all of the empires, all of the kingdoms, all of the leaders, and all the governments of the world. So when we say the government will be on his shoulders, we understand that one day he will rule as king over all the governments, over all the systems of the world. Amen? But we've got to go on and understand that it's not just a future-looking day because it goes on and it says, on that day the government of the world will rest on his shoulders, but until that time, his kingdom is being built here on earth. And the leadership over those who are the, his leadership is over those who trust and obey him as Lord. And so Isaiah is saying this, the government will be on his shoulders. And yes, we know that one day every knee will bow and tongue confess. But until that day, we know that he is bringing leadership over his people. The government, the leadership he takes responsible for, for building his kingdom. I'm so thankful that in Matthew 16, 18, it goes on and it says, I will build my church, Jesus says, and the gates of hell will not overcome. This is exciting news for you and I. Because we don't have to just wait for a day when God will rule. He already is taking authority over things in our life and over leadership for us. I want you to think about this. I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. What, what is Jesus really saying here? Is he saying I'm going to build churches on every corner in the, America? No, he's saying I will build my church and who's the church? You and I. And so what Jesus is saying is I'm gonna build up my people. I'm gonna build up my kingdom. I'm gonna work in the hearts and lives of people who will fully submit their lives to me. And I'm gonna build them up and even the gates of hell will not be able to come against them. Wow, what great meaning. So when we understand that the government will be on his shoulders, what he's saying is I'm gonna take leadership over those who would submit their lives to me. And I wanna ask you a question before we go any further. Have you fully submitted your life to Christ? Fully submitted your life to Christ? Are you following him wholeheartedly? Are you submitting your life to the leadership of the Lord? Because I would tell you that God wants to lead you in some amazing ways. See, we look in Isaiah 9 at what God wants to do. He wants to lead his people. He wants to establish his kingdom. He wants to uh, establish something in this world that is going to continue on that cannot be stopped, not even the gates of hell. But now we understand as we go on how he's going to do it. How is he going to lead us? We know he wants to lead us. How is he going to lead us? And here's what I want us to look at. The first thing he says is, I will be your wonderful counselor. Wonderful counselor. The Hebrew word here actually means he will give counsel, he will give discernment, and he will give understanding that leaves you full of wonder and awe. Wow, I love that. I love that. Maybe you're here this morning and say, you know, I've got some things going on in my life and I need some direction. Guess what? God is the wonderful counselor. Maybe you need some things sorted out. You need some clarity on things. Guess what? God is able to speak to you. Why? Because he leads his people and this is how he does it. He came that one day and he lived a, a beautiful life and he died on the cross and he says, I'm, I, 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 I'm going to continue to lead my people. I'm going to give wisdom. I'm reminded of what Pastor Tom said a couple weeks ago as he was taking us through the Christmas story and um, it just resonated in my soul when I wrote it down. He, he said, Pastor Tom said, God-focused, spirit-filled people are often given insights into his plan. And I thought, bingo, that's the wonderful counselor. How would we know what God wants to do? Because he leads us with wisdom, with discernment. 
His counsel transcends human wisdom and understanding. We can't just make it up on our own. We can't say, I'll just think about it a little longer. But we have to say, I will go to God and I trust that he will give me the wisdom and counsel that I need. Parents, if you're raising your kids, you know that you need discernment. Grandparents, if you're here, you know that you need discernment for, for your family. I could tell you I had a, a, a grandma who had discernment and it scared me many times. She prayed and she heard from God and I was afraid every time I was around her she was gonna call me out on something. And uh, you, you, you know, she would, uh, you'd be around her and she'd say things like this. You'd be walking out the door and she'd say, oh, Jeremy, before you go, make sure you live right because God sees everything. He sees everything. And I would stand there thinking, what does she know? <laughs> I knew she'd been with Jesus and God spoke to her powerfully. She would always say things at random times. Jeremy, your sins will find you out. And I would try to think, what have I done? Wow, she knows and I'm trying to, but discernment is needed as we lead our families. I'm telling you, if there's anything that we need in this world right now, it's people who are full of the wisdom and the counsel of God. You know, as you read through the story, you see God's wisdom everywhere, his, his, uh, his counsel, his dis giving discernment. As we think about Mary, uh, the angel of the Lord appeared to Mary and gave her insight into his plan. That's wisdom and counsel. Uh, he, uh, angel also uh, in a dream uh, appeared to Joseph and said, you're not to be afraid and here's what you're to do. And that's the wisdom and counsel of God. Elizabeth knew what was going on as she met Mary. How did she know? It's the wisdom and counsel of God. The shepherds were minding their own business and they were just uh, alarmed when they saw these angels. And what did they say? They said, a savior is born. And they were given insight into what God was doing. The wise men were given insight and made an 800 mile journey to visit this savior, this king, because they had wisdom and insight that they couldn't know on their own. And then there's a great passage that I wanna read to you that I think sums up the wisdom and counsel that God wants to bring into our life. In Matthew 2 verses 11 through 16, um, we don't always focus on this, but it's, it's a powerful scripture. And it says, having been warned, warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, the wise men returned to their country by another route. When they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said, take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Still there until I, uh, stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. And he got up and took the child and his mother during the night and left for Egypt, where they stayed until the death of Herod. And then it says, when Herod realized that he had been outwitted by the Magi, he was furious. Think about this. Who was it that actually outwitted the evil king? Was it the Magi? It was Jesus giving them wisdom and counsel on how to stay one step ahead. Jesus warned them not to go back to Herod. And Jesus warned Joseph, get your family and leave. And I just want to tell you that God's counsel in our lives will thwart the enemy's plans over us. Amen. 
I'm telling you, if there's ever a time that we need godly wisdom and counsel in our lives, it's a day like today. How do I know how I'm supposed to live? How do I know what I'm supposed to do? What am I even supposed to say anymore in this world? I want to be a light in the darkness, but I don't want people to think I'm being judgmental. I want to speak for the truth, but people don't accept that. How do I know where to go and what to do and what to stand on? How do I know what direction to go in life when I'm feeling lost? I'm telling you, the wisdom and counsel of God in your life is so valuable. James 1.5 says, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all. Good news today. If you're here and you need the counsel of God in your life, he will give generously if you will ask. He is our wonderful counselor. But he doesn't stop there. He's our mighty God. Isaiah 9 says the government will be on, our, on his shoulders and it's also a picture that where God leads, he also carries, he provides. His shoulders are big enough and strong enough because he is the mighty God to lead us and carry us. So our mighty God, because he's our mighty God, he provides strength in our life. Perhaps you're here and you say, I need God's strength in my life, God's power to be on display. 2 Corinthians 12, 9 says, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Now think about what scripture says. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Paul goes on and says, Therefore I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness. Why? So that Christ's power may rest on me, for when I am weak, then I am strong. You know, we don't talk this way in our world. I'm sure yesterday, sitting around your uh, table or eating dinner or at a Thanksgiving dinner, you don't stand up and say, I'd, I'd just like to go ahead and thank the Lord for all my failures and weaknesses this year. I've made a list and I'd like to just confess them to you. Right? We don't talk this way. We thank God for the goodness and we thank God for what he's provided. And then we talk to each other about our strengths. You don't go into a job interview and say, you know, before we discuss this any further, let me tell you all the reasons why you shouldn't hire me. I mean, we just don't talk this way in our world. But scripture is saying, you know, if the power of God will rest on us because of our humility and our weakness, we know our dependence on God, we can't do it on our own, we can only do it in the power and the strength of God, then sign me up. I'll be a proponent to be humble, and recognize my weakness so that Christ's power may rest on me. One author that I was reading a prayer uh, said this uh, regarding this verse. He wrote, in this world, I'm prone to grow weak and tired. That's why I need a king who will be awake, interceding all night while I recuperate in sleep. A champion who is strong enough to keep his word. And I need a savior who is mighty enough to break the power of sin in my life and heal every disease that may come against me. And that's why I call him wonderful counselor and the mighty God. I'm telling you, we serve a mighty God. If there's anything you need in your life, God is able. If there's healing, as we prayed earlier, if there's healing that you need in your body, let me tell you, God is able. If you're feeling weak and tired and weary, I'm telling you, God can make his presence known to you and lift your heart and your spirits. God's strength will be made known to you in your weakness. And we can understand that God will always meet us in, in our moment of need.
Why? Because he gives us counsel and he gives us strength. Philippians 4, 13 says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Say that with me, would you? I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Think about it. I can do all things. Why? Can we do all things? No, but Christ operating in my life, in my moment of weakness, relying on him in his strength, I can do all things. Some, someone here needs to write that scripture out and remind yourself daily, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Well, he says, uh, goes on, he'll be our mighty counselor. He'll be our wonderful counselor, our mighty God. But Isaiah also says he will be our everlasting father. The Hebrew word here really talks about a father or a leader that is eternal and forever, but never takes a break. There's kind of a twofold uh, uh, a meaning here. It's in, per, in perpetuity, it, it, it goes on. It's not just eternal in time, but it's always uh, never ending without taking a break. And I love that picture of our everlasting father. God wants to lead us. He wants to strengthen us. And guess what? The snow doesn't thwart him. He doesn't take a, a, a day off. He doesn't sleep at night. He doesn't stop planning uh, for our lives. He doesn't stop uh, inter interceding on our behalf. He doesn't stop developing and growing the things that he wants to do in our life. God never takes a day off. He is always with us and he will never leave us. God's leadership in our lives never end and you can choose to walk away from God, but God will never choose to walk away from you. Listen, God is always there. Why? Because he's the everlasting father. I love this picture. He is always working on our behalf, even when we don't see it. The story of Christmas is they waited hundreds of years wondering why they hadn't heard anything from the Lord. And yet God was planning his move. He was ready to, to, to come onto the scene. And Jesus always has a plan in store for your life. He's always wanting to grow you and take you to another level. Do you know that throughout history, there have been so many attempts to get rid of Christ, to get rid of Christians, and to get rid of God's word? From the, 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 from the moment that we read about Herod uh, sending a command to kill all the, the, the newborn children because he was afraid that this mighty king might be come into existence, from that day forward, there has always been an attempt to get rid of Christ and to get rid of Christians and to get rid of God's word. And you know how many have succeeded? None. Why? Because God keeps doing what God is going to do. He is the everlasting father. He's not going to be stopped. And we can take heart this morning knowing that God is going to continue to be God. He's going to continue to work in our lives. He's going to continue to do miracles. He's going to continue to give counsel to his people. I love hearing the stories of missionaries that we support that come and say, you know, we serve in a country that outlaws missionaries. It's against the law to be a Christian. You can't say the name of Christ and you can't own a Bible. And then they say, but God is moving powerfully. And you know, this supports what Isaiah said. He will be the everlasting father. He will never take a break. You can do everything you can to try to take Christ out of this world, but God is not gonna be stopped. He's gonna continue to move. He's gonna continue to make himself known. And I just, I, I, I laugh anymore. I just think, 
you know, they have done their best to take uh, some countries, take Christ out of the country altogether. And guess what? God keeps showing up to people in a dream. You can't stop that. And so what God is doing and what God is saying is he's going to lead us in a way that cannot be stopped. He's our everlasting father. He wants to lead us. He wants to be our father. We are his children. We are part of the family of God. And he's never going to take a break. And he's never going to go away. Philippians 1.6 said, He who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion. Why? Because he's started something in your life and he's going to continue to work in you. He's going to continue to grow you. He's going to continue to speak to you. And he's going to continue the, the work inside of you until it's complete. Why? Because he never stops. Isaiah 40 verse 8 says, The grass, grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of our God endures forever. Hebrews 13 5 says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And we need to take comfort today that our God is an everlasting father. Not only eternal, one day we'll be with him for eternity, but right now he's never taking a break. He's always working on your behalf. And whatever you need, he's available. And I believe he'll speak to you in, in powerful ways in the ways that you need this year as you lean on his leadership. The last thing that Isaiah says is he will be our Prince of Peace. His name shall be called Prince of Peace. I love this. Uh, the Hebrew word paints a picture of one who removes the obstacles and secures peace. He's the champion or the, the Prince of Peace. He gives us peace no matter what the circumstances. You know, I gotta be honest this morning, I got up and I saw the snow. And I thought, I don't know if I can get out of here and we tried a time or two and I was watching the, the clock and I was trying to find out, okay, what are the service times? And, you know, there was a little bit of stress this morning trying to navigate all the details. And there were a number of times I said, okay, remember, you are the Prince of Peace. God, just give us calmness. I'm telling you what, I'm so thankful for the calmness of God in my life. There are so many details that I get worked up over, that I get stressed over, that I lose sleep over. And I'm so glad that God can give us peace no matter what the circumstance. Can I tell you that God doesn't always change the circumstance, but he will give you peace in the middle of it. Why? Because he's the prince of peace. I love as Isaiah wraps up, he says, of the greatness of his government, which is leadership, the greatness of his leadership and his peace, there will be no end. Wow. Not only is he our prince of peace, but Isaiah wanted to make sure he referenced it again and said, there will be no end. We know again that this is one day eternally God will rule over and the peace will never end. But this is also for our lives right now. The way that God can give you peace in your life is, is, not, is not circumstantial. Luke 2, 14 is a, is a powerful verse, again, a Christmas verse, and we interpret it, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace to men. You've heard it said that way many times probably, right? Well, Luke 2, verse 14 says, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. That's why I ask you, are you fully submitted to the Lordship of Jesus? Have you come under his leadership? Are you serving him wholeheartedly? Because when God's favor rests on your life, then his peace comes with it. 
You know, you and I look around the world and we see people who are at a lack of peace. There's anger and there's hatred and there's bitterness and there's, there's tension and it's all around the world. And we go, there is no peace. People at times, I, 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 I hear stories and I see things and I think, what depravity of the mind? What is going on in our world? And then you begin to realize that without Jesus, there is no peace. Philippians 4, uh, 6 and 7 is a, is a powerful verse. It says, the Lord is near. So do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. S several things I recognize as we read that. Number one, that our peace comes when the Lord is near. And we've always got to ask the Lord to come into our life. Lord, just be close to me today. Walk with me today. Lead me. As we go into a new year, Lord, lead us as our lives. Lead our church. Lead our pastors. Lead our families. God, be near so that your peace can go with us. Starts by saying the Lord is near, but then it says don't be anxious about anything. I think scripture says that because he knows we're going to be anxious about many things. Right? And so I take it this, that when we don't have the peace of God, which we would all say there are times where we're anxious, we're stressed, but when we don't have the peace of God, we need to take it to God and exchange it for peace. Why? Because it says, do not be anxious about anything, but instead by prayer and petition, make your request to God and then the peace of God, which transcends understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. There's a great exchange that happens. When you don't have peace, come to the Lord and ask him for help in this area and he will exchange your cares and your burdens for peace. I always also love that the peace is not based on our circumstance. It will transcend human understanding. I was talking to a, a friend just the last few days and he said, I don't know how all this is gonna work out, but I just have a perfect peace. And I said, interesting, tell me about that. He says, well, you know, my circumstances aren't looking right and good and I couldn't tell you how this is all gonna work out, but God's just given me a sense of peace. And I thought, isn't that how God works? We don't have to wait until our circumstance all gets in alignment. God can give us peace through whatever we're walking in. Isaiah 9 reminds us that the peace of God will guard our hearts and our minds. And I want you to see this beautiful picture that when uh, the world is waging war against us and there's stre stress and there's anxiety and, and there's, there's cares. The Bible talks about the cares of the world. And when there's the cares of the world, it's almost as if when we go to the Lord, he guards our heart and our mind. I asked you earlier if you're fully submitted to the Lordship of Christ. Isaiah talks about what will happen when this baby arrives on the scene that we celebrate at Christmas. Isaiah also then can see throughout history because uh, later in Isaiah 53, one of the reasons that Isaiah is probably one of the most significant prophets is he speaks to so many things that are gonna happen through the life of Jesus. In Isaiah 53 verse five, he also sees further past the Christmas story. And he says, he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. 
And the punishment that brought us peace was on him. Think about this great exchange that God offers us. You can bring your cares, your burdens, your sins, your failures. You can bring everything to me and exchange it for peace. I'll take that and you can have peace in your life. Wow, what a powerful verse that Isaiah reminds us. Isaiah, whose life's mission was to remind us that the Lord saves, is telling us that the Lord wants leadership in our life. And this, this morning I ask you, will you allow the Lord to lead your life? Now I know some of us say, well, I'm, boy, I'm trying my best. Or, you know, I want to. Or, you know, I've been thinking about it. But I want to ask you, are you fully submitted to the leadership of God in your life? You know, oftentimes Isaiah was speaking to a nation whose hearts were set on not following God. And his message throughout his life was there's consequences and judgment if you don't turn from the way you're living. But there is amazing blessing if you come under the leadership of the Lord. And I wanna remind you this morning that the greatest thing we can do is follow God wholeheartedly. Follow him with everything that we have. Let him exchange the things in our life that trouble us. Let him exchange the sin and the mistakes and all the, 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 the past, our burdens, our pain, our hurts, and allow him to give us counsel to be our mighty God, to be our Father who never leaves, and to be our Prince of Peace. I love how Isaiah wraps this up. I'm gonna read it to you. Because I think Isaiah as a prophet um, is speaking this into the future about what's gonna happen. It's a prophecy. As I began to understand, this isn't just history, this is Isaiah calling out what's going to happen throughout history. I began to read this in light of uh, a, a prophetic word for our lives, a declaration. Not just let's read what history says, but let's read what Isaiah said was a declaration over our life. And Isaiah said, for unto us a child is born, and to us a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders. The leadership of his people will be on his shoulders and he will be called, here's his names, Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And of the increase of his leadership in our lives and the peace that he offers, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establish and, establishing and upholding it with justice, and righteousness from that time on and forever. And it wraps up by saying this, and the zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. What Isaiah was saying is that the Lord will be good for his word. He will be good for his name. And you know, there are times that we don't feel this or we don't see God working but we can trust that God's word is good. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. 
We can speak that this morning. God will give us peace. I don't feel it right now. I'm in turmoil, but I'm just seeking the Lord to give me a peace. My body is not right and I need a healing, but I'm believing that God is my strong and mighty God, that his right hand is about ready to work on my behalf. We can trust that God is good for his word. This morning, I simply want to close by praying over you. If you're needing any one of these areas, God, to speak to you powerfully, I just believe that God is going to do this. Many of you are here in the audience and many are listening online. And I just believe that God is speaking to you about an area that you need to come under God's leadership and experience. And so would you stand with me? Lord, we thank you for your leadership in our life. We thank you that we can submit our lives wholeheartedly to you. And we don't have to come perfect. We can come as we are. Lord, as we come as we are, you exchange the things in our life and you give us good things. You give us good counsel. Lord, if we haven't made good decisions in the past, we can exchange that for good counsel today. Lord, if anybody here needs wisdom, they need to hear your voice and they need clarity, I pray that you would speak it today because you are the good counselor, the wonderful counselor. Lord, we can come when we are weak and you will give us strength. Lord, we depend on this many times. We know we don't have the strength in and of ourselves to do all the things you've asked. So as Paul said, we will be humble and recognize our weakness so that the power of God might rest on our life. I pray that those that are here or in their homes today that need the power of God activated in their life, I pray that they would simply trust you to be good for your name. Lord, this morning there are some who need to be reminded that you are the everlasting father. You have not forgotten them. That you have a plan for them. And that while they don't see it, you're working behind the scenes and you have a calling and you're going to grow them in amazing ways and that what you started in their life, you will be faithful to complete because you're the everlasting father. You never take a break. You never check out on us. Lord, you never leave us nor forsake us, but you are good. And you are always available to us when we call out on you. Lord, this morning, I pray that you would be the Prince of Peace in our heart and our life. Lord, there are many things in this world to be troubled about. There are many things that the enemy would like to burden us with. But God, this morning, we recognize what you did for us. Not only by coming and being a babe in the manger, but what you did as your work on the cross. Lord, you exchange those things that we might have peace and our iniquity was on you. And God, we thank you that in the middle of whatever we're having, Lord, we just can have a, a, a peace that doesn't even make sense. But Lord, you're good for your name. And we thank you that these things will be done just as you ordered them. We thank you for a man of God like Isaiah who was called from birth 
spoke your word that we have now that can encourage us and ultimately gave his life for this message that we would know that your name is worth following. And so Lord, we honor you and we love you. Pray that we would just take inventory of our life. If there's any area of our lives that we're not fully, wholeheartedly submitted to you, God, I pray that we would repent. Lord, we would get that right with you. We would turn that over to you. We'd ask for the strength of God to put that aside and continue to live in the freedom and the goodness that you offer. We thank you for who you are this morning. In your name we pray. Amen.